You are listening to audio from the Creek Church. If you would like more information about the Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Hey, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. One thing that, that I wanted to let you know, Heather didn't say this earlier, but uh, Trinity Bounds, I don't know if you remember Trinity, some of you who are new won't remember, who are new here won't remember Trinity, but Trinity was on staff with us for about five years, a little more than five years on this February, we launched him out in a team in Cleburne, Texas, and today is their, their first preview service in a school. So they went from the house to the school, and so um, it's going to be awesome. So be praying for them. Um, the first, the, this week and next week, they're kind of working out the system kinks, you know, and setting up and tearing down, and they're advertising to all the people in Cleburne. Uh, August 21st is their big, like, super launch Sunday, and so be praying for them. It's exciting, and I love, I love seeing all that happen. We've got families that have been going down there. We've got some families that have moved to Cleburne, and some that are just commuting down to help this church plant get off the ground, and so be praying for them, and when you think about Trinity, um, pray for Trinity and the church plant and everything going on. Um, and then uh, next week, or I think it's next week, the back to school thing. You saw all the backpacks in the, the lobby. And so we're, we're getting things ready to help kids start the school year um, with everything they need to be successful. To me, that is that those backpacks in the lobby are a sign of hope for me. And here's why. I love routine. I love when school's in session. And I love, I know, I know the kids, guys, I know the kids don't like it. And teachers, I know you're getting, this is the last week for some of y'all. Enjoy it, enjoy it. But I need that routine. And so those backpacks piled in the lobby is a beacon of hope that the chaos is coming to an end. And so the summer, I struggle in the summer. I mean, it's just hot. And then schedule just goes all, even if you don't have kids, there's something about the psychology of Americans that... Even when school's not in session, if you don't have kids, your schedule goes out the window too. It's just like, well, school's not in. I mean, it just feels weird and awkward, and I'm just, I'll be glad when it starts. But um, we're in a series called Transitions. Um, I think it's about time to transition to a new series. This is the series that won't end, I feel like. It's like, well, well, let's talk about change again. How about that? You're like, I'm tired of talking about change. But uh, Transitions, it's all about an encounter with Jesus. When we have an encounter with Jesus, we're going to change. It's going to change us. And one of the things that, that are, is a key in that change is our heart and how our heart has a lot to do with the things that we perceive and that, that we'll enact on and, and how we filter things in life. And, and Jesus is going to teach us about a heart of hearing and, and what we've got to be able to walk away from an experience with the Word of God being changed by and how that kind of gets in and deals with us. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 8, if you've got your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we have some on the back tables. And if you don't own one, that's our gift to you. Or if you've got a smartphone or smart device, then it's, uh, you can follow along in an app called Uversion. And I'm sorry, I'm just frustrated by technology this week. You ever have one of those weeks? I mean, Jesus is going to teach us in a parable. And parable is a way that Jesus takes a, a complicated uh, theological principle and breaks it down in simple terms for, for someone like me to understand. I'm, I'm not a smart guy, and I'm not a technically savvy guy. Some of you work in IT, and I love you. You are my hero. This week was one of the most frustrating weeks I've had in a long time. Tuesday morning, I got the kiss of death from my computer. 
I, I mean, we had this all day Monday, all day strategy meeting, planning meeting, and oh, there's one now taunting me. Um, you notice how it's got the sign of the sin on it? <laughs> I did a lot of sinning this week because of one of those things, okay? So Tuesday morning, I've got a lot to do, okay? And like I said, I like routine. And if my routine gets jacked up, I, I'm a little crazy, okay? I'm not OC. I'm not like Rain Man or anything. Most of y'all don't know what that is. Great movie from 1988. That's Tom Cruise, not Tom Hanks. And Heather doesn't have to correct me on that one. But Tom Cruise won an Academy Award. You should see it. It's a great movie. Anyway, um, where am I going with this? Oh, schedule, routine, all of that. Parable, simple forms, simple terms. So my computer, I open it up, and I get this flashing folder with a question mark in it. And I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus, what is this? Please don't let this be a game. Have the Russians hacked my computer? You know, I mean, you know, has it been hacked by guys like, you got to play a trivia question to get your data back, you know? Or you've heard, I've heard the news stories, you know, where people will hack computers and hold them hostage. You got to pay so much money to get your data back. I was like, oh, I'm not playing this game. And so I'm just doing everything. I'm like, Lord, I know you love me. And I believe in the power of the resurrection. And I need that resurrection power on this Mac right now. Jesus in the name, I mean, come on, let it be your will, not for me to spend a week dealing with this stuff. And it didn't happen. But um, yeah, trials come, right? Life gets hard. So four trips to the Mac store and a new, two new computers, one that didn't work, two new computers. I finally got up and running Thursday afternoon. But I had an experience at the store on Thursday with a genius. <laughs> I'll debate the term, um, but uh, it was, it, I, he was very chipper, and he had just a great attitude, and uh, that was awesome, but I was not in the mood to be talked to by a chipper guy that was talking way over my head, okay? So we sit down at the little bar, and he goes, well, bro, let's check out your computer. Let's see what's going on with this little guy. What do you say? I was like, <laughs> just fix it. <laughs> Data, don't work, okay? No, no. I have a lot of work to do. Come on. He's like, well, yeah, let's run some diagnostics. He plugs all this stuff in. He goes, and he says, well, bro, I got good news and I got bad news. I was like, do I need a new computer or what? Can you get the data off of this? I mean, just help me. And so he's like, well, and so he goes into this explanation. And I feel like my head is starting to spin. And I'm like, you may be a genius, but you don't have a clue about communication. So halfway through his little rant, I, I'm, I'm, I think he's speaking Klingon. I don't know what he's speaking. I'm just, I was like, hey, time out, bro. I don't understand what you're saying. And he looked at me like, how can you not understand what I'm saying? I'm a genius. But anyway, I said, I need you to talk to me like I'm an idiot. Bro, you're not an idiot. I said, I didn't say I'm an idiot. Talk to me like I'm one, though. <laughs> People were looking like, there's probably cell phone footage of this somewhere because people probably got a real kick out of this idiot sitting with a genius trying to figure out how to get a computer to turn on. But he goes, well, inside your computer is a hard drive. Tracking with you. (laughs) There's a harness from that hard drive to the rest of the computer that makes it run. That's where the problem is. What's the problem? That harness is bad. But what you can do is, and then he goes and he gets excited and goes, I was like, time out, bro. 
See this box? This is a new computer. I want you, genius, to figure out how to get this data on this computer. Oh, well, bro, I can't do that, man. Sorry, we got to fix this cable. I'm like, can somebody please help me? So anyway, I spent four trips, a lot of frustration. It's just one of those weeks. And, but but I was, I was, God, was, God was really working on me a lot this week. I'm telling you, man, because I'm telling you, there was a lot of stuff going on. Anyway, but I was, I was talking to that genius. I was like, I need you to break this down into simple terms for me. And Jesus does that through parables. That's, see, that's a long explanation about what a parable is, isn't it? <laughs> you can tell I've had a frustrating week. <laughs> so Jesus doesn't want us to be in the dark about who he is. Jesus wants us to have understanding. And he'll take a parable and he'll teach us a, a deep principle and a principle that might be hard for us to, to digest or understand, and he'll teach it in a way for us to grasp. And so he's teaching this crowd in Luke 8. When, when his, Jesus didn't have a problem gathering a crowd. And what I love about Jesus, he can discern the heart of the crowd because the heart, because the heart has a lot to do with how we receive the word of God and what we're going to act on with the word of God. And Jesus knows your heart today. And Jesus understands, and he understands exactly how to communicate to every one of us. And my prayer is that Jesus will communicate to every one of us in a way that only he can. I am the type of person. I have to pray sometimes. Jesus, I know you created me, and I'm not an idiot, but Jesus, can you explain it to me like I'm an idiot? And Jesus doesn't lose me. You know, he doesn't, well, bro, here's what you gotta do. You know, he called my iPad the little pro bro, I'm not kidding. It was awesome. Um, You know, under different circumstances, I'd love to get to know this guy because he's very enthusiastic, a lot of energy. He's obviously smart with computers. I need someone like that in my life. Um, But uh, so, yeah, anyway. So, Jesus, let's get back to this. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, came to Jesus, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow a seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, he who has ears, let him hear. What he's saying is, I can give you ears. I can open the understanding for you. And so he starts explaining this, these terms as a farmer. We're not an agricultural society like we used to be. But Jesus is breaking this down and saying, look, when you, when you cast out seed, there's four places that it's going to fall. I mean, some's going to fall on, the, on, a, on a sidewalk, and it's not going to grow. It's not going to stay there. The birds are going to come. They're going to eat, eat the seed. And then some fell on, the, on the, the, the rocks. And so what happens is when you got rocky soil, the roots... Uh, wither because the moisture can't get down. Those roots can't grow deep enough to get to the moisture and sustain what it needs. And then he said, some fell on the thorns. And so what happens is it gets choked out. It can't grow up. And then he says, some falls in good soil. When we plant, those are different soil types that, that those seeds going to go into. And the condition of the soil determines what the ability of that seed is going to accomplish. And so Jesus says, I want you to understand this. And, and then the disciples, verse 9, and when the disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they were in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. What, what Jesus is saying is that, that your eyes and ears 
and heart have been open to this understanding because of faith. That faith, it takes faith to lead us into seeing, faith to lead us into understanding, faith to lead us into truly hearing the word of God. And where does that faith come from? That, that word and that faith comes from the word of Jesus. And so that's how that faith begins to grow. And, and so he says, he says, let me explain the parable. The seed is the word of God. I think that's pretty cool because we've talked about this a lot over the last couple of weeks where Jesus is associated with the word. Jesus is the word. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was, was God, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So Jesus is saying, the seed is the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is this seed. What Jesus is sowing is the message of his reconciliation, of his salvation, What I think is interesting about the seed, when you think about it, Jesus was teaching the disciples at another point in in the book of John. He said, in order for a seed to produce, it has to first go in the ground and die. And when you think about it, Jesus is that seed who was crucified on the cross. He was buried in the tomb and on the third day was resurrected. And the fruit that the seed who is Christ produced is repentance and grace and forgiveness and reconciliation for us. That, that when, we, when we receive this word, when we receive this, this message, when we receive Jesus, then our life is completely transformed. And it changes who we are. It changes our destiny. It changes everything about us. And we live with this new focus, this new intention. And we're in this transition of life. And Jesus says, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in a time of testing, they fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way... They are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So Jesus is teaching us that um, the condition of the soil has a lot to do with the reception and the production of the word of God. And, And what we've got to understand is when you think about the soil, what Jesus is really getting to with us as, as people who are followers of Christ and people who are not, people who are hearing the message of Christ, that it's the condition of our heart that really determines how we receive and act on the word of God. What we've got to understand is this, that the sower, there's nothing wrong with. Jesus is the sower. He is perfection. Colossians tells us that in him, in Jesus, all the fullness of God's deity was pleased to dwell. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. He is perfection. So there's not a problem with the sower. Jesus said the seed is the word of God. That word is truth. That word is life. That word is hope. That word is sharper than any two-edged sword that cuts down to the bone. And so there's nothing wrong with the seed. So if there's nothing wrong with the sower, nothing wrong with the seed, and yet we have differing uh, productions and differing fruit uh, happening in our life, then it comes down to the condition of the soil, the condition of our heart. 
And Jesus talks a lot about the heart. He says, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. And so when we start reflecting and looking on our heart, we're going to find ourselves in one of these situations. And Jesus said that first, this first one is the, the hard heart. This is what's sown on the rock. So this is like dropping um, vegetable seeds on the sidewalk and expecting to grow a garden in concrete. What Jesus says is it's, it's like the word of God hits their heart and the heart is so hard they will not receive it. And what happens is the enemy comes, the devil comes and he steals that word. It's, it's funny that he compares the devil to a bird. I, I, I love that because if here's you think about it. Let me think, let me say that in a different way. Think about this. I don't know if I've had caffeine this morning or not. I don't drink caffeine, but I'm feeling like energetic. So I don't know if I'm, I'm just in a good mood today. Maybe because my computer worked this morning. <laughs> but birds are easy to scare. Twice a year, we have this migration of the most disgusting bird on the planet, the grackle. And those of you who live in this area know this plague. I mean, it's like Alfred Hitchcock freaky sometimes. You try to get from the door to your, your truck without getting hit by one of their bombs, it's a good day. I'm telling you, it's a good day. And I don't know if you've noticed, we've put them in storage right now, but we had these adjunct members of the creek that they would sit in the yard. We had falcons and owls that would try to scare off these birds. They scared me one night. I got a call in the middle of the night that, that we had a trouble alarm. And so I'm thinking, ain't nobody breaking into my church. I'm coming up there. And so I get up here and I'm already like on, I'm already tense, you know? And I pull in a parking spot, and I get out of my truck, and I look, and there's these eyes that just go, mm. and I, I mean, I, okay, you know, you're already on alert, and I see these eyes go. I'm like, I, I mean, I didn't know whether to start praying or shooting or what, or both. But I looked, and it was one of those owls, and the wind was blowing, its head was doing this. <laughs> I was like, you've got to go. You've got to go. Last year, there was thousands of birds in the yard and one of our guys, uh, Joseph Neville, looks out, and he just takes off running. And he's running through the yard, and there are thousands of these birds, and they're just flying everywhere. Now, if the birds were smart birds, they would reconcile this. There's 5,000 of us and one of him. We got this. You know, I'm going for the eyes, you know. You take out the knee, I'll take an eye. So, but birds are easy to scare. And, and what's interesting, um, the devil always gets scared when somebody's about to act on the word of God. Because he knows that he's going to lose ground. He knows he's going to lose authority. There's, he doesn't have any power against the power of the word of God. And so when we are faithful with the word of God, he gets scared. Because what that's doing, that's threatening and that's taking away his kingdom. That's us advancing. I mean, when, when, when Jesus told Peter that on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, it doesn't mean the church is in a defensive position. It means we go on the offense. And that when we act on the word of God and we scare the enemy, we're taking his territory. And, and what we've got to understand is that, that our heart can be hardened to the word of God. It can be hardened to the saving grace and the message of salvation. You've done this. You've tried to share the gospel with somebody. You've tried to share the good news of Jesus. And they're just like, I don't want to hear it. And, and, and we're like, I don't understand why you don't want to hear it. You've got to understand that you may be throwing seed on a sidewalk. 
It doesn't mean that you stop throwing the seed. But we've got to understand that the condition of the heart. See, there's nothing wrong with God. Nothing wrong with Jesus. Nothing wrong with the word of God. But it's the condition of the heart that is the ability to receive that word. Some people, their heart has been hardened by life circumstances. I mean, there's a bitterness towards God. There's a blaming of God for all the stuff going on in their life. A lot of us, and I'm going to say a lot of us because, see, this, you know, we can, we can liken this to salvation because Jesus said they won't believe and be saved. But I know a lot of Christians that have been saved, but then their heart gets hard and they're no longer hearing and obedient to the word of God. And maybe you're blaming God for something that's happened in your life. Or a lot of times for us Christians, it's this. We're unwilling to give up a sin that we really like. We're willing to say, okay, God, I'm not letting you have all, the, all of my life. You can't have every area of my life. I'm holding on this. And what happens, our heart gets hard, and he says, I, I can't talk to you. And we, God, you can talk to me about anything but this. Well, you know what happens? God said, if I can't talk to you about everything, I can't talk to you about anything. Because it's all or nothing. Jesus says, I'm going to be Lord of all or not at all. And we've got to think about what hardens our heart and the condition that makes that. So Jesus then goes on. He talks about the hard heart. He talks about the shallow heart. He said, this is the seed that's thrown in the rocks, that lands in the rocks. And he says, and it withers because it has no moisture. There's nothing to nourish the roots to create depth and and a sustaining ability when the heat comes on. Because he says, these are people who believe there's a big experience, like there's a big emotion when, when they they give their life to Christ when they experience the grace of God. It's a goosebump experience. But there's nothing that continues to feed that to create a sustaining faith when, when life hits, we'll say. Because it says when the sun comes up, it withers because of no moisture. That's the time of testing. Here's what we have to understand. Trials and testing are going to happen in the life of every person on this planet, whether you believe in Jesus or not. And we, we go around looking for an emotional experience with God all the time. You know, I felt the goosebumps. I want to feel goosebumps. God, where are you? I don't feel you. I don't feel the goosebumps. And we're looking for this emotional experience. And here's the reality. That emotional experience will never sustain us in our faith. The first time I held Heather's hand, I had goosebumps. Our first kiss, goosebumps. Man, when I, I knew, when she said yes to marry me, goosebumps. But you know, I don't always feel the goosebumps with her. And I know she doesn't feel them with me. <laughs> but there's something that goes beyond those, those, those shallow experiences. Here's what you got to understand, that you and I are created by God. We're, we have a body, we have a spirit, and we have a soul or a mind. Body, mind, and spirit. And, and what happens is God wants to do some deep things in our spirit, but in our mind is where those emotions and will are. And we keep wanting God to do work in our emotions when he's wanting to work in our spirit. And as he created us, our, our emotions are the most shallow part of who we are. And I'm not saying we're shallow individuals, but our emotions, that's a shallow part because our emotions will swing all the time. And so what we're asking God to do really is his deepest work in our most shallow part. That's not going to sustain it. See, 
my love for Heather goes beyond goosebumps. Friday night, we had date night. And it wasn't goosebumps. We held hands. I didn't feel goosebumps. But we sat at the table. We had, I sat across from the number one woman in my life. And we had an awesome time. And I didn't have goosebumps, but I had the assurance that she loves me. And I assured her that I love her. And our marriage has been through trials. We've been through testing. But some of those trials and testing have made us stronger and have grown our love. See, what happens in faith, those trials are gonna come. James talked about it. He said, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds. That sounds like a, a, a demented mind. Oh, I'm excited. Here comes another problem. You know, some of y'all live that way like, oh boy, what today? Why is it joy when we face these trials? He said, because when you have faith, what it does is it produces a a steadfastness in your faith, an endurance, a perseverance in your faith. That when when the heat comes on and these trials come, you're like, "This this, this isn't gonna steal my faith because my roots go deeper than the wind that's blowing it. And we can trust that faith. And it's not just a a shallow emotional experience. It's not the goosebumps. And we're solidly and firmly planted and grounded. So there's strong roots that support a growing faith. Then Jesus talks about the the crowded heart. And I, I gotta... Be honest with you, this is one that I I do struggle in this area. He says, this is the seed that's thrown among the thorns, and what happens is it can grow roots, so it's not like the rocks. The rocks, it it can't get deep roots. In the thorns, it can get deep roots, but what happens is the shoot is what's what's hindered. So you got roots but no shoot with the the crowded heart. And so this this is just life. This is the busyness of life. What happens is, you know, and I'll just use myself an example. I've got a faith, and my faith is, is solid. I'm not walking away from God. I'm not gonna just say, oh, I don't believe anymore. I mean, my faith is too real and has transformed my life too much. I'm not walking away from God. But what he says is that the, the cares of life choke out the word of God in our life, and the fruit doesn't mature. And I wrestle with this because what happens is there's a lot of things that hit my windshield. There's a lot of things that get in my priority scope and I tend to lose focus. You know, I'm like, God, that's a great word and I wanna be, I'm gonna be obedient to your word and I'm excited, I'm, I'm following you, I'm pursuing you and then all of a sudden life just starts happening around me and I start to wonder and worry and, and I get anxious about some things. This week, I was anxious about my computer. I was like, God, you know how much work I gotta do. I need some help with this. Can you give me some favor? I know it's a two and a half hour wait to see this genius, but can you give me some favor? I mean, all these other fools here, God, they just want a new phone. They're gonna try to come up with some lie to get a new phone because they want out of their contract and want the iPhone 38,000 because it's got 800 gigs of data. I said, so they, they don't need it, God. I need it. But I started getting anxious. God, you know how much work I gotta do. And, and, and I started thinking about the time ticking, you know, and, and Jesus reminded me, hey, being anxious isn't gonna add an hour to your day. Not gonna add an hour to your week. Not gonna add an hour to your life. And so I'm, I'm really, I'm really kind of having this discussion, we'll say, with God 
in all of this. And here's the, the scripture that the Holy Spirit drew to my mind, Philippians 4, 6. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. But what he clued me in on was, tell me what you're thankful for. And I struggled because, you know, I, I'm stressed. When, when we get stressed, it's hard to back up and do this because we're anxious. God says, tell me what you're thankful for. Thankful for my wife for telling me for six months to go get this computer fixed. <laughs> I'm thankful that my wife hasn't told me I told you so yet. He's like, well, I, this is hard, you know. I've been honest with you. Because when you're in the stress... You can't just go, oh, Jesus, I'm just thankful that you're in control and I don't have to worry about anything and life is just great. I, I, man, it's raw, man. I'm thankful that, that the crap hasn't hit the fan yet. And, and I just feel God just saying, what else? What else? What else are you thankful for? And so it starts out really begrudgingly. But then it moves into, God, I'm, I'm thankful for your provision that I can even get this computer fixed. I'm, th I'm thankful that I don't need a computer to preach the gospel. I'm thankful for my wife who does care for me and cares for my work and, and supports my work and is concerned about me getting this fixed. God, I'm thankful for the job you've let me be in. I love my job, God. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my team. Thank you. And I just, man, and just next thing I know, I mean, I, I'm 30 minutes into just saying, God, thank you, thank you. But you know what has happened in that time? The peace of God that moves beyond my understanding has come around my heart and come around my mind, and it's set up a guard so the enemy can't start pounding and saying, but you got a lot to do, and, 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 and I, those lies don't start making it through, and that peace is protecting my heart, and the anxiety that the enemy wants to keep us bundled in begins to fall away. And I... What I have to do, what that process is doing, it's weeding the garden. It's cutting back the thorns because there's a depth and there's a root of faith. But when we get into this with the word of God, what we're doing is we're taking the shears and we're starting to cut back space for the word of God to, to produce in our life. And what, we, what we're aiming for, what we're hoping for is to be what Jesus says is the fourth soil type and that's the honest heart. And he said, the ones that fell in the good soil, at verse 14, good soil, they are, 15, I'm sorry, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. God, I want to have a good heart so when your word is placed on my heart that it can grow and have deep, nourishing roots and that it can grow and it bears fruit. And God, I, and he says, in fruit in patience. And here's what we have to understand. When I get honest with myself, when I have good self-evaluation, I realize I need this word of God. I need the trials in life. You know, we talk about trials as like the sun and the heat and those things that test our faith. But, you know, I used to help my grandfather prepare his garden in the spring. And, and my grandfather grew an incredible garden, incredible tomatoes. I mean, I can just... I go to the farmer's market and I take a bite of a tomato and it takes me back to his backyard. 
But I can remember in the spring the process that we would put, that we would do to this soil before we planted. And he would bring in truckload of manure. Some of us go through the manure. But you know what that does? It produces good soil. We need the sun. We need the heat. And it can be a trial, yes, but that produces good fruit. Scripture says into every life, rain will fall. We need the rain that nourishes the roots of our faith. We need some challenges and resistance. And some of y'all are sitting in the manure in your life right now. Can I tell you, he says, those will bear fruit with patience. We've got to get out of the instant gratification society mentality where we get upset when we don't have a bag of food in our hand 92 seconds after we place the order at the drive-thru. It takes time for the things of God to mature in our life. I was, the other day, I ordered something on Amazon and it came the next day. I'm like, this is awesome. Why do people even go to stores? But I was reminded when I was a kid and we didn't have the internet, we had magazines, catalogs. And I remember ordering something from a catalog. And do you remember, do you remember the disclaimer at the bottom? Please allow four to six weeks for delivery. Four to six weeks to an eight-year-old is an eternity. I mean, I'd forget I even ordered it. And then when it shows up, I'm like, this is the greatest day ever. You know, this is manna from heaven. But we've gotten in this, this, this mentality that it has to come now. And we don't, we don't see a value of sustained obedience to the word of God. Well, God, I did what you said. Where's the blessing? Well, I guess if you're not gonna bless me, then I'm, I'm out. Shallow faith, a crowded heart. It's up to us to do some evaluation. See, here's the beauty about soil. All soil does is create a place for someone else to do the work. There's not a problem with the sower, not a problem with the seed. We've got to check the condition of the soil. We've got to check the condition of our heart. Our heart, we just have to make a place for the Holy Spirit to work in us, to work through us. And we continue that process to bear that fruit with patience. And I don't know where you're at. Some, some of you in this room, maybe you've never received the word of God and it's transformed your life. Maybe you've never become a Christian. You've never asked God to forgive you. And can I tell you, the word of God that's being sown on you today, that's being laid out, is that Jesus loves you and that he gave his life for you. And there's nothing that you have ever done or will ever do that will make him love you any more or less. He loves you so much that he gave his life willingly for you. And he is that seed that was planted in the ground and three days later walked victoriously from the tomb, holding the key to our forgiveness and our eternity and our grace. There's nothing wrong with with the seed. There's nothing wrong with the sower. And maybe today, for the first time in your life, your heart is in a condition to receive this word and hold it fast with an honest heart so that what is produced in you is faith and life and forgiveness. For some of you, maybe you've been walking with God and, and you've, 
you're just not hearing God anymore and you're frustrated, can I challenge you to check the condition of your heart? Have you hardened your heart to the things of God? Are you not walking in obedience? Maybe, maybe you're thinking, well, I haven't heard, God hasn't told me to do anything and I'm not hearing from God. Let me challenge you with this. Go back to the last thing he told you. Are you being obedient with that? What's the condition of your heart? Not just to receive the word of God for salvation, but to continually receive the word of God in your life. Because God doesn't just speak to us once. It's a conversation. And it comes down to the condition of our heart that will determine how we receive the word of God and what we produce from that word of God in our life. And don't give up with the seeds. Don't give up with the word of God. Don't give up sharing the word of God. Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, and he said, don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing good, for in due season you'll reap. It's not gonna, you may not see an instant gratification. You may share the gospel with people. You may share the good news that Jesus loves them and died for them and has hope for them and reconciliation for them, and it may fall on a hard heart. It might get trampled right in front of you. But let me tell you something. Don't stop giving. Don't stop doing it. Because God may be using you to condition the soil of their heart and it might be the love that you show them that breaks that heart of stone that allows that word of God to come in and find its place in good soil and they hold to it with a good and honest heart and life is produced. Don't ever give up. Father, we thank you that you planted your word in our life and we thank you that you love us enough to continue to speak your word and to pour your word on us and in us so that it can pour through us. And we ask you, God, to help us this morning to be honest with ourselves about where our heart really is. Help us to be honest with you. I mean, you, you, you see, you know our heart. It's you, God, who perceives the heart of man. And so we know that you see everything. We acknowledge that. Help us to be honest before you because you already know what we're struggling with. You know the condition of our heart. And we're asking you, God, to create in us a clean heart, a place for you to speak into us and do incredible things in our life and incredible things through our life. And God, we commit to be steadfast and patient with the work you're doing in us. God, help us to continue to produce for your kingdom, for your glory, for your honor. Help us to love every person that we come in contact with and to share that word of God that transforms lives and that brings hope and salvation. We pray all this for your glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. 
We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at